The first time I heard that version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was last December. The Renaissance Church Band was rehearsing for the Christmas concert. I was cutting through the auditorium at the Opera House, heading off to my study to write my message for the concert. That's when I heard Julie singing, Take heart, O weary soul, take heart, for help is on the way. I stopped, and I sat right down in the middle of the auditorium. I forgot what I was worrying about, and I listened, and I breathed easier. You know how music can do that to you? I felt hopeful. I remembered what this season is all about. I probably teared up. The message of Christmas is the assurance that help has come. When Jesus was born, God's help arrived in the way that only God could help us. In Jesus, Emmanuel has come. The Gospel of Matthew tells the story of Jesus' birth like this. Mary was engaged to Joseph. They hadn't been together, but she becomes pregnant, even though she's never been with any man. God had made a miracle happen. Joseph assumes that she's been unfaithful, and since he's a good man, he decides he'll end their engagement with as little drama and damage to her as possible. But then on the very night he'd worked it out, an angel appears to him in a dream. The Holy Spirit, God's very presence, has brought this about. The child will be named Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Take heart, O weary soul, take heart, for this is help on the way. Joseph trusts God, he stays with Mary, and God's promises come true. Listen to what Matthew says at this point. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It was the prophet Isaiah who had made this promise hundreds of years earlier when the people of Israel were helpless, prisoners of a foreign power because they had turned away from God, captives who could only be free if someone else would pay the ransom. Now, God wouldn't turn his back on them. He loved them even though they had turned their back on him. I'll come in person, God promised, through a young woman who has never known a man. I will be born to you and all people, Emmanuel, God with us. This is the message of the Christmas story, a message of true comfort and joy. In Jesus, God has come near, and now every heart that is open to him can count on the promise of God's continued presence. Whether you're hurrying off to write a message for a Christmas concert, or trying to figure out how to be patient with your kids on Sunday morning, or looking for the next steps for you and your family, or just lonely and tired of waiting. O come, O come, Emmanuel is the heart's cry for God to come near. Whenever we sing this song, that's what we're asking for. And people have been singing this one for more than a thousand years. The earliest lines of this hymn were written back in the 800s. Picture medieval England, in the centuries following the collapse of the Roman Empire. If you can't imagine that, think of Monty Python's Holy Grail. Nearly everything is uncertain. 
culturally, economically, intellectually. No one knows what will come in the days ahead. And most importantly, it's not clear whether the message of Jesus will survive in these ever-darkening years. But then, dotting the countryside are the monasteries and convents where men and women of faith have devoted themselves to Christ living as disciples in community together, copying the manuscripts of the prophets and apostles, and every morning and evening expressing the hope of God's people through song. Here is where O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was born, an expression of the heart's longing for God to come near. Every Advent season, as the sun set, They would gather for vespers, the cantor would pray, and then chant the first line of the song, one new line each successive evening, and the gathering would respond with the rest of the verse. They sang in Latin. For 1,000 years, this was the pattern for this song, until the end of the 19th century when a graduate from Cambridge University translated the verses into English, John Mason Neal. He was a brilliant student and a prize-winning poet. He was also a traditionalist. He didn't like the way England's churches had been modernizing their hymns. He wanted to bring back the dignity of the old arrangements. He would not have been a fan of the Christmas concerts at Renaissance. But as we say in the Andrews family, if John Neal doesn't like it, he can sit on a tack. In 1861, Neil found this old Latin hymn and he translated five verses into English, each one built around another name for Jesus. Emmanuel was the first verse, but then there were four others, each one expressing another cry from the heart to have help from God. Let's take some time with each one, listening for the heart's cry and then hearing the promise of Christmas. Here's the second verse. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. Uh, This second verse is a cry for freedom. Every trouble we face in life grows from an old curse that holds us under the power of a spiritual enemy. That's Satan's tyranny, a foe that wants to stop all goodness and ruin life. We meet this enemy in the very first story that the Bible tells. It's the serpent in the garden. Don't trust God, the enemy says. Adam and Eve listen. And the consequences are awful. All of creation falls under a curse, but it will not last forever. One day freedom will come. A descendant of Adam's will fight the evil one. And though the serpent will bite his heel, he will crush the serpent's head. In their fight, it will look as though God's servant has lost, but in the end, he will win. Freeing God's people from the power of evil and everything that comes with it. Here's where the name the rod of Jesse comes in. Listen to this prophecy from Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Imagine 
a great tree that has been cut down. Nothing but a stump is left. It seems to be dead altogether, completely hopeless. This is the state of Israel in Isaiah's day. They had flourished in the past under the leadership of King David, the son of Jesse. But in departing from God, they had been cut down like a tree that had been hacked to the roots. But just as a sprout grows out of a stump, in Old English, a rod, there will be a descendant of Jesse's who will appear to be cut down in his battle with the enemy. But in the end, he will rise and he will give those who trust him complete freedom from the evil which would otherwise have ruined them. All who receive Jesus, the rod of Jesse, are freed forever from Satan's tyranny. Evil cannot touch you, not deep down. It may look like it wins, but since the rod of Jesse has fought the battle and won, you are protected because Jesus loves you and he shares his victory with everyone who receives his help. Take heart, O weary soul, take heart, for help is on the way. Let's look at the next verse in Neil's translation. O come thou day spring from on high and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Here, Jesus is called the dayspring. This is a cry for relief from the shadows that have been cast over life. Darkness is a poetic image for oppression, the burdens that weigh you down and wear you out. To be in the dark is to be lost, confused, and without any hope of finding your way, afraid, sad, and gloomy, no cheer or brightness, struggling always under death's dark shadows. Listen to another promise from Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Jesus is the day spring, the sunrise that has finally dawned, the light of the world who has come into the darkness to chase away every shadow and restore joy and cheer to every human heart that will make room for him. The light who guides us perfectly, who comes into the shadows to keep us safe, who joins us on every gloomy and dark road to lift all of the burdens that we are trying to carry. You can let go of every disappointment and be cheerful because the light has come to you. Take heart, O weary soul, take heart, for help is on the way. Let's look at the fourth verse in Neil's translation. O come thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. This fourth verse is a cry for salvation, a plea to be rescued from misery and to find the path of life instead, to be welcomed by God himself, to walk on the narrow road of true life now and for all eternity. Everyone knows how hard it is to find the right way. And the longer we walk, the clearer it becomes. We cannot save ourselves. But the promise of Christmas is that in Jesus, the Lord has come to show us the way home, to open the door into the household of God for every one of us. 
Listen again to what the prophet Isaiah says about the future servant. I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. The door to life is held open for you. Jesus, who lived and gave himself for us, holds the key to the door. And the message of Christmas is that he's come to hold it open for all of us. Give him your heart. Trust him. Believe in him. Pledge yourself to him and then be welcomed home. Take heart, a weary soul, take heart, for help is on the way. One last verse. O come, Adonai, Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. This final verse was chanted on the last evening of Advent in the monasteries and convents on December 23rd every year. O come, Adonai, that means my God, Lord of might, the same God who freed his people from Egypt and then led them to Mount Sinai to give them the law, God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, this same God has come in Jesus to be our God. This final verse is a cry for power, not power in the world's way, but in God's way which is the power that is stronger than every other power. The power of self-giving love. The power that we see in God at Christmas time. The power of choosing to be found in human form and born in a stable as a vulnerable child who is approachable and can be held and heard and trusted. Listen to the words of Isaiah one more time. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The child in the manger is how God has decided to be mighty. Take heart, O weary soul, take heart, for help is on the way, and holy is his name, who is called Emmanuel. God is with us. The rod of Jesse, freedom has been won. The day spring, relief has arrived. The key of David, salvation is yours, come home. Adonai, the Lord of might, who rules with the power of love, who loves you now and always will. Thank God that Emmanuel has come. Let's pray. God, we thank you that in Jesus you have come. And we thank you for this season of Advent in which we can remember your arrival and with hearts that have hope renewed can anticipate you coming to be within us. We thank you for the gift of music, for the freedom to sing, 
We ask that in this season, you would meet us right where we are and encourage our hearts, build us up to be expectant and hopeful for the arrival of your Son in Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.